With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The All-Star Game has come and gone. The break is over, and we are headed right into the second half of the season tonight. If you are listening on a Wednesday, at least. What's up, guys? Spencer Davies and Brian Fritz bringing you an edition of Keeping It 94. But we're not going to be talking about the second half. We're going to be talking about a lot of other things because everybody else is talking about second half season, all those predictions and whatnot. We're going to be talking about the trade deadline coming up on March 25th here in about 15 days. Talk about the players available, buyers and sellers, and all those other questions that you might have to see what you can do to improve your team. Brian, what's going on, man? It's trade-a-palooza. It's that time of the year where all of us uh, media honks and fans go out of our way to think about these great trades. And then um, we'll come up with about, I don't know, 200, 300 different versions of trades. And then three will happen before the trade deadline. But it's still fun to talk about and speculate and uh, have discussion about anyway. Because that's what we do. Trades, trades, trades. There's nothing like this season. There's nothing like it because you know what? Everybody at this point is talking trades or they're talking March Madness, which by the way is also consequently my favorite month of the year. Last season, it got taken away from me because of the pandemic. This year, it's happening somehow. I know it's probably not ethical, but you know what? The fact that it's going to be on TV, the fact that I'm hearing the CBS theme music, to go along into March Madness and the NCAA tournament. It's, it rings very, very close to me, and I'm very grateful for it. Are you because going to not break only out? That, are you going to start crying when one shining moment gets played, especially if it's the <laughs> Luther Vandross version? Listen, one shining moment is a great, great thing, but my favorite thing about one shining moment is the, is the parody one shining moment that everybody does for the NBA. And I don't know if you remember that with the New York Knicks a couple of years ago, a few years ago, whatever it was. Um, they did one for like just the worst teams in the worst moments. And that's what actually gets my attention. <laughs> uh, but I just love brackets. I love brackets, uh, bracket busters, upsets. It's just, it fuels me. And uh, I'd be remiss to, to mention, uh, you know, not to not, to not mention uh, Cleveland State going to the big dance. Uh, that's uh, our local school here in the land. I have my school, the Akron Zips, going into the MAC tournament this weekend, and I'm very hopeful that they can make it into the tournament because last year they just got the shaft and had a great team. Uh, but I just love MAC basketball, so I'm very much so looking forward to seeing what my Zips can do. See, uh, I I, Brian, do you have any? Yeah, I'm in Durham, so I'm I am near Duke in North Carolina. And okay, um, who's your squad? My squad, though, is UCF because the University of Central Florida, because that's where I went to school. Um, right. Because I, I lived in Orlando for a long time before I moved up here a couple of years ago. But uh, when and when I went, lived in Orlando, not only did I go and graduate from UCF, but I also uh, produced 
UCF football, basketball, and baseball games on the radio for over a decade. Um, that's part of my my sports radio background. So I'm a big Knights guy. Um, I don't have high expectations. We'll see. I mean, they got to win their tournaments um, in the American, which is going to probably be tough, but um, they'll give it a go. But like I said, where I live, though, right now, I mean, Duke and uh, North Carolina campuses are not very far away from me. In fact, my wife um, works at one of those schools. I won't tell you which one. <laughs> not that it really matters, but my wife works at Duke. And um, the Dukies don't look like they're going to make it into the tourney this year. Yeah, it's weird. Them, I, I think North Carolina's having it down here. It's really weird. It's, it's really weird. very, very strange here. Um, yeah, I mean, like the other night, North Carolina beat Duke. And because of everything going on in the world, and because just where those teams are right now, there was like a celebration on campus that night, but it wasn't a huge one. I mean, there was several hundred people out there, but it was like, all right, everybody, get out of the street, get back on the sidewalk. And it was, it was over. It, was, it wasn't that much. Last college basketball thing. Did you call any games that feature Taco Fall or the son of Michael Jordan? I never called the games. I, I produced them, but yes, I was there producing those games for Taco Fall and for uh, Michael Jordan's son. And by the way, Michael Jordan came to the UCF arena one time and it was like a king and entered the building. I mean, literally, <laughs> like it was like coming to America. There was rose petals being thrown down and everything, you know, <laughs> from what I heard. Don't watch the sequel, by the way. No, I saw the sequel. I saw was it. it. It's, was it it's, all right? It's fine. I mean, there's it's not as good as the first one. There's just a lot of callbacks to the first one. But every character that was in the first one is in the second one, except for the queen. OK, OK, gotcha. The only reason I wanted to bring up UCF, though, is because I don't know if you've ever seen me in my <laughs> competition against taco fall at all-star weekend 2019 or 2020 uh but if you haven't you go watch it that's all i'm saying <laughs> you can also hear colin sexton roasting the hell out of me when i'm just bricking three after three after three it was really fun not gonna lie uh but before we get into trade deadline and stop talking college hoops would like to tell you we are a part of the basketballnews.com podcast network featuring Many, many, many other great podcasts. We'll tell you all about those at the end of the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Spin Davies. You can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Fritz. And I'm on Instagram as well at Spin Davies. And he's on Instagram at It's Brian Fritz. So that being said, drum roll, please. Okay. Brian, give me your scenarios. Who do you want to? Talk about first. What do you want to talk about first? I'm ready to go. I'm 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 aching to get into this because I'm I'm very much so a proponent of the trade deadline and just the chaos that it brings. Me too. And I think there's some interesting names that are out there that could really make a difference this year. It's just whether or not teams are going to actually make a move because the way that we look at it right now, there's still a lot of teams that are in it or at least want to be in it because of the play-in tournament. So I feel like the- we're just beating the same drum over and over in our podcast. Hey, everyone's still five, hovering around 500. That's what there's I look at. There's a handful you know? of teams with 20 wins. I mean, when I look at the Eastern Conference, I mean, I can look at the Wizards, you know, who are 14 and 20, but... I mean, they're only a couple of games back of the play-in tournament. So it's like, what do they want to do? And, you know, the Cavs and the Magic and the Pistons are in that same boat. And then in the West, you know, the Timberwolves and the Rockets more or less are out of it, especially the T-Wolves. But the Kings, they can make a case that they're only a couple games back, even though they have uh, 
some really interesting pieces that if they said, Hey, let's give up on the season, let's make some moves. Let's plan for the future, but they haven't made the playoffs in forever. And they probably are sitting there going, yeah, I know we could do that, but I'm hell bent on getting into the playing tournament and seeing what could happen. Um, so, and, that's why, you know, as we're talking about this and the trade deadline isn't until March 25th, there could be some teams that say, you know what, rather than trying to do something right now, and normally everything's done pretty close to the deadline anyway, they're probably going to wait until, you know, right before the deadline to make up their mind even if they say we're in it or we're out. Are we buyers or are we sellers? It almost feels like, you know, with us both liking other sports, it almost feels like the um, Major League Baseball trade deadline where there's teams that like wait and wait and wait. And then that final week they go, all right, we're out. What kind of moves can we make here? Stove gets hot. Yes. (laughs) So I kind of feel that's where we are um, when it comes to the NBA. But I mean, there are some pretty, you know, there's some pretty intriguing trades that could happen depending on what teams say, okay, um, I'm open to making moves. And, you know, what other teams say, let's really go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you want to start with players? Do you want to start with teams? What What do you feel like would make the most sense here? Um, buyer sellers, the, the current rumors going on, we could just get to those and then just kind of run through the players. It's all, it's all, it's all on you, man. This is sure. This is your baby here. Oh, so let me talk with the biggest player that's available. And then we can start talking about teams. And which teams we okay, think should okay. make moves. So the rumor right now is that Cal Lowry of the Raptors is possibly available. Lowry is in the final year of his deal with the Raptors. He is uh, probably the best player in their franchise history. Um, he is beloved there, but I don't know what his future is with that franchise. And I think that's something that him and the organization need to have a conversation about. There has been some talk that um, he wants to be traded. And then he came on social media on uh, earlier this week and just said, don't believe everything you read or you hear. That being said, if Cal Lowry is available, he is a difference maker for several different playoff teams. And he is a very juicy name that is out there. Certainly. And, uh, you know, we've seen him linked to, I believe uh, the Clippers is one team. Um you know, a lot of people talk about Philly just because that's where, you know, it's from. And then you went to school over there. Uh, I think to myself, yes, maybe a a trade would be the best for the Raptors just because we've seen how they've performed without Kyle Lowry over this stretch. And that's no, that you know, that's, that's nothing as a diss to Kyle Lowry. That's just showing what the capabilities are of their, their young talent. Fred Van Vliet's really come to his own. Pascal Siakam's playing with a looseness that we haven't seen, uh, you know, since pre-bubble last season. Norman Powell, I mean, I know he's on a contract year, but my goodness, starter, starter Norm is just putting up buckets. Uh, so, I, and and you have, you know, guys in the wings waiting like Malachi Flynn, who's, who's been really highly touted as somebody who could be, you know, uh, you know, uh, ironically the next Fred Van Vliet, uh, just as you know, those, those diamond in the rough guys that this organization and Masai Ujiri is, uh, able to find. So Kyle, yeah, probably makes sense on another team. He's 34 years old. Uh, you, you do see trading, what he's making though. though, right, Brian? Yeah. I mean, he makes 30 and a half million dollars, but the question yeah. is if they do not trade him, 
Is he just going to walk in the offseason or are there plans to re-sign him? You know, do they want to keep him at that age when they probably they, would? I mean, they they can, obviously, but at that age, is it more beneficial for them to to trade him? And then if you want to try to get him back in the offseason, you can't get him back in the offseason. <laughs> I mean, you you can, obviously. I mean, they're going to be limited cap wise, though. But so, I mean, that's going to be very tough and he would have to take a, a big cut. I, I guess the question is kind of what what do the Raptors envision as their future? And obviously, and honestly, too, how much money can Kyle Lowry get in the open market next season as a free agent? Yeah. And a lot of teams do value that kind of locker room presence and that kind of ability. I don't know if you've seen his, his latest game logs, but I mean, he's still playing really well. Like he's, and he just plays a, a boatload of minutes, man. I mean, just, he missed four games in a row and that's when Toronto, you know, ripped off three out of four. Uh, and then they've lost out of four since he's come back uh, the, the 24th until the all-star break. But like individually, his numbers were really good. And off of this latest loss in Boston, he did everything in his power. He had 14 points and 19 assists. <laughs> and and in the great the games before that, he scored 20 or more in all three. And, and mind you, again, this is a 34-year-old that's playing 35 minutes a game. And in that Boston game played 40. So he's still got plenty left in the tank. I, I think I think he could be a huge difference maker on a contender myself. I just don't know what the best fit is. And I, I just keep thinking Clippers because we've already discussed George Hill, uh, you know, as somebody, a veteran that could help that team who, you know, is, is, you know, looks like needs a point guard. I don't feel the same way as a lot of people do when they point to the issues, all just being a point guard, but they could use a veteran like that. And I think that um, that would be a good fit. Kyle Lowry over there. Well, the thing but is though, matching I, the contracts is another, is another, issue yeah. because it's not easy to match 30 million. That's the problem I think when it comes to the Clippers. I don't know how they get there because you know, Lou Williams makes eight. Are you going to put Zubat in a deal that's that's another seven and a half? I mean, you're you're not even getting close. I mean, you you know, Morris isn't getting traded. I don't think they're going to take uh, Pat Bev in this. So it, it would be very, very difficult for the Clippers to get there. However, the team that's been most linked with him, the Sixers, they can get there and they can get there a lot easier because they can do a trade package centered around Danny Green, which is just over 15 million. Um, they can put Thibel in there or they could put Maxi. They can put uh, Mike Scott and Terrence Ferguson. And I mean, they, they've got the contracts that can get there. Um, and he would be a huge, huge piece. I mean, you obviously you'd be giving up some shooting. Okay. When it comes to, if you're going to give up Danny green, you give up Mike Scott. However, we know what happens in the postseason, And this is a team that expects to go far in the postseason and contend for a championship and that your rotation is going to get tighter. Kyle Lowry is a big game player. He's a proven guy in the postseason. He's not going to shrink from the moment. He brings even more leadership to the team. If you bring a Kyle Lowry, I mean, your big five in closing moments of games at that point are Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Kyle Lowry. And, I mean, 
that's really, really good. It's chance and it's championship experience too that it could bring to the table. Absolutely. So I mean, there there's a deal to be made there. Maybe you have to throw in a pick as well. Um, here's the other team that some people have been throwing out there that makes some sense and can make it work contract wise. And that's the Denver Nuggets. And I think the Nuggets are one of the more intriguing teams when it comes to will they make a move here and what will that move be? They would obviously have to throw in some picks, but Gary Harris is sitting there. He's got one year left on his deal. You know, he's making 19 million this year. Um, You know, Will Barton's out there. He's got almost 14 million on his year. He's got a player option for next year, though. Um, Millsap, he's got a $10 million expiring deal. So they've got contracts they can stack up and they can make a big, big move if they want. And Kyle Lowry going there, that would be very, very interesting to say the least. True. True. But I mean, then you have to take out Faku Compazzo. My boy. Yeah. <laughs> take him out for Kyle Lowry. Um, I think I played Faku. I, I could do that. I think I could do that. <laughs> that was my comic relief. Okay. <laughs> so um, any, anywhere else that you think Kyle could possibly land and then we can uh, move on to the next name. Or well, team. I think, I think those are the two teams that probably make the most sense. I'm not exactly sure where Agreed. else would be a great fit, but I mean, either one of those, I mean, Hey, the Sixers looking to sure up their chances for a championship, you know, makes sense. I think the nuggets, saying, hey, you know what, we can really do some damage this year. Um, and you look at their team, you know, between, you know, Murray got off to a slow start. He's now getting on track. Porter's getting on track there after, you know, he went through COVID problems. Um, we all know about the season that Jokic is having this year. They, they're starting to play better going into the break. They won four in a row. So this is a team that's really poised to try to do some damage out in the West. And they need more ammunition if they're going to do it, you know, out there. And uh Bringing on somebody like a Kyle Lowry would be a huge, huge piece. Agreed. Let's move on. Well, if you want to talk about teams, and then we can hit on other players as well, but let's talk about the Nuggets then. Because, I mean, let's give them the Nuggets some love here. Because, I mean, how many times have we got to talk about Jokic being a serious contender for the MVP? That was our last quote. That was our last quote graphic, man. Yes. I mean, that that we were talking about him and and needing more love and – Michael Malone, for God's sake, coming out and saying, can you show my guy a little bit of respect and put him in the MVP conversation because he's doing what he's doing? I mean, <laughs> ridiculous numbers and just being a team leader and taking on that scoring load, all that stuff. They've got assets. I mean, they they own their next two draft picks. Um, you know, it, they've got ones that go to OKC, depending on their position, you know, in the three years past that. But I mean, they've got draft picks. They've got salaries that can add up. And I can sit here and say, well, why would I want Gary Harris? Um, Because he has underperformed the last couple of years and he's got a big salary. Well, he's got a big salary that you can move to help make trades work. Plus, he's one of these guys that maybe would be better in a different situation. Um, 100%. And he's only 26 years old. Yeah, he's still young. You know what he's capable of? I mean, is he going to be an 18-point scorer like he was in the 17-18 season? I don't know. Because injuries do affect you know, players like that. Right. But he's, he's going to be able to knock down a three for you here and there. He's a, he, he's certainly going to be able to defend on the wing. I just, I, I don't see, you know, that as that bad of a contract, but again, like you said, it's, it's something that could make a deal work, especially for a team that needs a, a swing man like that. Yeah. Because I mean, Hey, how many times that 
I've made myself clear, and I think you have too, when it comes to Porter and whether or not they should possibly trade him. They're not trading him. They made that clear before the season. I don't think anybody necessarily believed them. And they're like, we are not moving Michael Porter Jr. But you've got Gary Harris with that contract. You've got a Will Barton that you could be open to moving with that deal. And then you could throw in an RJ Hampton, you know, who doesn't make that much money, but obviously being a very young player, still being on a you know, rookie contract, that's kind of the sweetener to help, you know, to go along with a, a draft pick or two, depending on the player that you could be sniffing around for. Um, much as I love, by the way, much as I love RJ Hampton and Zeke Naji. Uh, you know, two up and coming rookies like that. I can't believe they make more than Monte Morris. Monte Morris has to be on a, an incredibly team friendly contract. Just looking at this this sheet because he's one he's one of the best backup point guards in the game, and and he can play either position when they need him to, as we've seen this season. But my goodness, that's that's a low number for Monte. There's some other guys that are out there that could that could really help this team. Um. Victor Oladipo is somebody that's out there and his name has been tied to a bunch of different teams. It sure seems like the Rockets are going to trade him. I mean, he turned down the, the two year, $45 million extension pretty recently. And there's teams sniffing around on him. And I, I can almost guarantee the Rockets are going to move him. Um, I mean, would an Eric Gordon fit there as well as a swing guy? Maybe. Yes. So you're talking about moving Harris and Barton. So I'm thinking positionally here. Yeah. I mean, Gordon, uh, though, he still has two no. more years left on his deal. Okay. So maybe. And by the way, I'm Monte Morris. That's my bad. He signed, a, he signed an extension uh, in December. I missed okay. that. Okay. So, so he is making, he's going to make the, the correct amount of money sure. after this season. Thankfully. Good so, plan. I mean, I, I, think, I think the Nuggets are a very intriguing team. That, that could definitely make a move. And there's a lot of different directions they could go. Um, the Sixers, who we mentioned, you know, for Kyle Lowry, they could obviously make a move as well. So maybe it's better. Shooter. To, yeah. Get him a shooter. Just exactly. One more. One more. And that's, and that's what I was going to say. Maybe it would make sense to talk a little bit more about some of the players that are available and where the fits are. Because, okay, I just mentioned the Rockets. What are the Rockets going to do? Is it going to be a fire sale there? Because it sure seems like that's the direction. That's they're the going headline, to Brian. That's the headline. Fire sale, fire sale, fire sale. So Victor <laughs> Oladipo, we know he's in his final year. What's he making? About $20 million. So uh, maybe a little bit more. So, I mean, that's a team that's he's making 21. So Oladipo has not looked that good with the Rockets, but maybe another different situation. We feel like he's come along, you know, well enough following, you know, his injuries and stuff. He could be a difference maker. So, and this is big time for him too. He's going to have that incentive to play really well. Cause he's going to try and bet on himself and make some money in the off season that he probably lost because of those injuries. Right. And there's going to be some teams that have cap space in the off season. And there's not that many free agents to give the money to. And we know how owners are going to be because they're going to sit there going, man, look at all this cap space. I got, I got, I got to spend it. I got to spend it. I got to so, spend can't yeah, just can't just leave it alone. I, 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 you know, I mean, the Knicks are crazy. They just leave cap space out there. I mean, what's going on? We got to spend this money. So, um, well, everybody got on the cast for doing the same thing, and they're in a decent position now. See, like, see, so that's that's kind of funny going to that argument about just 
letting cap space go. <laughs> but if I look at the Rockets, I sit there and go, okay, Oladipo is available. Uh, Eric Gordon, you would think is available if you want him, because like I said, he's still got two years and about $40 million left on his deal. PJ Tucker, obviously and, is and, out there. And, and think about it too. The, the guys like Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker, they don't have any connection to this new group mm-hmm. other, you know, other than, you know, knowing house and Macklemore and Sterling, they, you know, the rest of the team, it's not the same Rockets. So their emotional connection to the squad and also maybe the, the the new coaching staff because they were under Mike D'Antoni for all those years, they don't have that same connection to them. So it, I don't know what their feeling is. And I know that losing is something that can really affect somebody mentally and can also translate onto the court. So when you bring up the Rockets, also take that element into effect. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mentioned PJ Tucker. It, he is kind of a polarizing name going around the NBA because there's some people that think that he's washed. And then there's other people that just say, no, he's just bored um, and, and needs to get into a different situation where he's winning. But I mean, he's making about $8 million. If you want to go a little bit cheaper, you know, Daniel house is available out there. He's only got one year left on his deal and he makes under four. So, I mean, Let's see what the Rockets do because they've got some pieces that could go around. And, you know, Oladipo is the big price tag there. His name has been linked to a couple of teams, but mostly the Miami Heat. And, the you know, he it sure sounds like he wants to play in Miami. I think the Heat are interested in him as well. Um, it's pretty easy to, to make that deal work as well. So that would be something um, to, to look out for. Because, I mean, they, hey, the Heat need another guy. They could use some more scoring and another swing guy. And uh, you add a Victor Oladipo who's kind of gets on the right track and, and starts playing the ball that we expect him to. Uh, he could be a very nice addition. Miami's up on that upswing, too, now. They, they've won a number of games in a row. They're starting to get healthy. But, yeah, no, if you look at the contracts, they can definitely make it work. Uh, Miami's you know, got a lot of different things that they can do. If they if they yes. then go, because remember, this is a team that was saving their cap space to go after Giannis next year. And that ain't happening, okay? So you look at all the money that they have available. Like, Drogic is going to be a free agent. They're not going to move him. I mean, he has a team option for next year. They could easily decline that. Uh, Iguodala. He has a team option next year. So that means he only has one year. He's got this year. He makes 15. They can move that. A Linux on an expiring at just over 13. Uh, Miles Leonard is making 9.4 million. Whoever, if he gets traded, he is going to immediately be waived because he is uh persona non grata right now in the NBA. We'll just say that. Correct. Um, so they've got, they've got contracts that they can stack up. Even uh, Mo Harkless is making like um, three and a half million. So, you know, they can make some, they can make a big deal if they really wanted to do it, depending on what piece they're going to move. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could put together a package for like a Kelly, Olenek, uh, Myers, Leonard, maybe throw in a pick or something, but would you throw in precious? No, no, absolutely not. That's a future starter. Because I mean, that's, that's somebody future. that I, everybody can sit maybe there. And K, maybe KZ, maybe KZ Okpala, maybe. But but it just depends on what the value of Victor Oladipo is, right. considering right. he's on an expiring deal. Is he going to sign back with us? And also, is he healthy? That's that's my first thought. Everybody's going to sit there when they make a deal with Miami or they talk to them. They say, so um, 
is it going to be Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson? Which one am I going to get? And the Miami Heat are probably going to say, uh, how about no to both of those? And then the next guy, they're going to come down the line, is they're going to say, what about Precious? And Precious would be an easier pill to swallow, but at the same time, that's somebody the Heat are not going to just you know, give up on. I mean, I mean, no, depending no, on the it's deal. A first round pick. He's a first round pick and he's shown a lot of flashes. Already. Right. Like, like for Oladipo, I can't see that. That's not enough. But if there was a bigger name, no. a bigger package, depending on the name, then yeah, then, then, then I can see that. I mean, I, I, I sent you that uh, a clip yesterday, which I got a chuckle out of, and I understand that everybody wants to ask for the moon whenever you talk about a trade, but like, the Rockets are interested. They'd want either Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson in a in a trade, you know, for um, PJ Tucker. And I'm like, I'm sure they would. <laughs> Come on, we all like, want things that we me? can't have sometimes. Yeah. Hey, okay? guess what? You know what? There's a nice Beamer down the street that I would love to get at the you know, dealership, but I ain't getting that anytime soon. So, <laughs> 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 I mean, come on, man. All right, B, let's go to the other team that you have listed for Oladipo in a possible landing spot. And that's the Golden State Warriors. Yes. I mean, Golden State is a team that I think if they really want to get active, they can do it and get ready for next year when uh, they're going to be a full capacity. And um, Kelly Oubre Jr. sitting there, you know, making uh, just over $14 million on an expiring deal. And they could easily move him if you want. You could package him with, say, uh, uh, Looney, Devon, a Looney mm-hmm. you know, who's only got one year left at this deal. And a but a player contract. option the next year, though, that, that's that's something as well. Right. And it's just over five million dollars. So even if you had to take that on, I mean, you stack those two together, you got 20 million. And I mean, that's you can make that deal for Oladipo if you want right there. And there's some other guys that they could go after, too. Then you would come into question and think to yourself, how does that fit with Clay Thompson next year? How does that fit with Andrew Wiggins? It's an interesting it's an interesting lineup thought. But in a current season where they're still in the hunt, I mean, they're 19 and 18. They're still, you know, possibly making this playoff play in or playoff run, wherever they're going to end up seeding wise. Steph Curry, as we know, is on that MVP path right now. And we just saw it at All-Star Weekend. But yeah, for a, for a now move, I would like it. I just would have questions about it in the the next year. But that's also, if they don't have future plans with Kelly Oubre, he's on an expiring deal. If they don't have future plans for Kavon Looney, since they have James Wiseman and they have Marquise Chris, like, then I could see that happening because it's basically expirings for expirings and and a change of fit. So that makes sense in that perspective, not in the long term. In a perfect world, if the Warriors are going to make a move, who who would you like to see go to Golden State? <laughs> That's a little hard. It's a kind of vague question. I, uh, I mean, is there somebody that really fits, you think, that they would go after? Uh, so I guess there's a lot of different parts or a lot of different shooters. It just depends yeah, on where the market goes. They don't need I don't I feel like they don't need a starter. I think their starting group's been okay. Maybe some depth. Yeah, maybe. Could could they put together a good enough package to pry John Collins out of Atlanta? Oh. Ah. Uh. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> tough. That's tough. Because I don't remember, know how much other teams value a Kelly Oubre. 
I don't know if Golden State would even think about parting ways with James Wiseman. You okay? So oh, because... remember this though. Okay, so they have. I gotta look at who the Hawks got on 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 their. Because now you're you're gonna get me and my wheels turning, and now they've got a couple of chips. Because remember, they have Minnesota's pick. If Minnesota's one of the teams that's interested in Collins, by the way. By the way, if it's not a top three pick, then the Warriors have the Timberwolves pick in that's the upcoming draft. Saying. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's a nice little you know piece to have. And, it is. and and by the way, if it doesn't, if they if it doesn't convey this year, then you get Minnesota's pick no matter where it lands in, in 2022. So right. you've got that pick, you've got your own pick. So if if the Hawks sit there and say, you know what, we don't want to spend the money in John Collins and we want to make a move. Okay. So so, um, so I'm looking at I'm looking at this though. Sorry not to interrupt. Yeah. Uh John's at the very end of his rookie contract right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So he he has a, a a lot of money potentially coming to him next season. Yep. Is, is this one of those situations where the Warriors trade for him and they they try him out and then it's it's trial and error, or is this one where they commit to him right away? You would have to commit to him right away because of the package that you would have to give up for him. Because you you would have to throw those picks in there. Right. You would have to throw picks. You can't throw players. Right, just by like, like, because you you can't give multiple players away for someone making only four million. Well, here's the deal: the deal is the picks. Like, you have to give up that Minnesota pick. You have to give up your own pick. Plus, you're giving up. Um, I mean, you're giving up a Kelly Oubre Jr. and you're taking back. Can they? I was gonna say you have to take somebody back. Else you got you Hawks. lost. Yeah. You, you not only get Collins, you're taking back Rondo. Oh, oh! Yeah, you're taking Rondo. Okay, so that that makes the deal work because Rondo's making seven and a half this year and next year. Right. Okay. So that that's the deal. I mean, that that deal. I mean, I can look that up on the trade machine right now. Just in my head, though, that deal works. I mean, I I can look at that one, and the money's close enough. And all right, no, yeah, because that's that, that was the only sticking point with me was that. John Collins is has the fifth least value on the team as far as contract value goes. So I was like, how do you make that work without just picks? That trade works. But no, okay. Rondo so and Collins Warriors- for Ubre. All right. But okay. I mean, that's I mean, I don't I don't think it's it certainly matters. a better fit. It's it's a better fit. Yeah. I mean, but Atlanta would have to make a big, big, big commitment to saying we're moving on from John Collins. And but if they yeah. don't. If they do not trade him right now, that means they have to make a big commitment to him in the offseason pay-wise because he's going to yes. command at least $20 million. Which kind of interferes a little bit, does it not? Because you look at what... <laughs> you're paying Gallo a lot of money, okay? Mm-hmm. You have Capella on there, who's your new high handoff threat. Right. Uh, Onyeka Okongwu, your sixth overall pick from this year. You got to see what you got in him. Yeah. They all play that position, right? I mean, I know that DeAndre Hunter's not a four, but if they play small ball, you never know. They could play but them there. If I look at their like, payroll, though, their payroll is almost no. That's what I'm saying. Their payroll is at 118 million right now, and they're about 
14 and a half away from a luxury tax. So, I mean, they're going to have to go over the tax probably if they want to take him on. Now, mind you, Golden State is just mocking the tax and do not care. And do you think they're really going to care again? I mean, I mean, they're, well, I mean, who knows what the, the cheapest ticket is in the Oracle and, you know, but once they can put butts and seats out there, they, they really don't care. So, um, you know, I'm not worried about them when it comes to the luxury tax. It's a whole different situation with them, but I'm, I mean, just throwing out a name of a John Collins because his name has been out there. Like where would that fit in a team that might go after him and golden state could possibly be a fit. Okay. Fits the bill. And I do, I do like that deal. Now that I think about it, um, especially because they have the depth. I mean, they're just getting uh, younger again yeah. though, because you're taking on another high traffic. Of course, of course. But maybe that's just kind of an admittance uh, of it uh, is. We might, we might not have thought this through when we went and paid all this money this off season. Uh, but, but I did, I did want to say though. So you bring up the point of the luxury texts. I bring up the point of the, the future of the lineup. Then yeah, it makes sense to move John. I think so too. Yeah. That that's something that, it could be a tough pill to swallow for Atlanta, especially for a team that wanted to make the playoffs this year, but they did not take care of that business in the off season. And now it's coming front and center and they got to make up their mind right now they because you, you, and they have a new coach and they have a new, you know, like mm -hmm. everything. And you like, do not want to lose that asset in the off season. That's too way too valuable of an asset to just lose. Unless, unless you know that I'm not only willing to pay this guy, but I know that he is willing to stay because he's going to get offers from all the teams that have cap space. I mean, you can't tell me that the Knicks aren't going to come knocking on that door in the offseason. I mean, there's going to be other teams of cap space that say, hey, John, we've got a home for you right here and we can pay you. Um, let me throw out one other big name and then we can get to some of the other really hot names that have been out there, kind of role players. So the other big name that's been out there is Zach Levine. If the Bulls would want to move on from him. Uh, there was an interesting rumor that was floated around the other day that could see him end up with the Sixers, which was a team that when I first heard that, I was kind of like, huh? But then the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Um, but Zach, he's going through like this interesting, you know, evolution. Metamorphosis. As a guy that was seen as just a <laughs> chucker. To where now he's just like, no, this guy's a really good player and he's playing hard. And he was just in this three point shooting contest for the second straight year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who, can, who would have imagined that after his first couple of years in Minnesota? He can hit big shots too. He's not afraid of the moment, all these different things. And by the way, Zach only makes 19 and a half million. I say only, but just, you know, a year or two ago, people thought that that was a horrible contract. And now it's just like, wow, that's a great contract for considering what he puts out. And he's only got one year left in his deal. So, Brian, we're terrible people. We're talking about trading him on his 26th birthday. Well, it's literally his birthday. On happy March birthday, 10th. Zach. We're trying to win you a championship because you ain't getting one <laughs> in Chicago anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, he's a guy that when I look at this and I sit there, go, where's the fit? Okay, for teams that can actually get him, the Sixers, probably a fit. The Miami Heat, probably a fit. Golden State again? <laughs> Golden State's always going to be a fit. Let me, um, would he be a fit in just spitballing here? Okay. 
Would he be a say fit Boston. with the team? Please say Boston. Okay, Boston, <laughs> definitely. I think Boston has a hard time getting scoring, you know, late in their lineup. So, I mean, they could probably use a big, but, I mean, that's an interesting one, and they, they've got that huge – TPE of $28.5 million or they don't have to, you know, send anybody back. So, I mean, I don't know if they really would have the picks to that would entice Chicago enough. I mean, they have to throw a young player in there somehow. Would, would the Dallas Mavericks be an interesting place for a Zach Levine to show up? Certainly. Certainly. I And you think about it, too. They have that expiring with Tim Hardaway. That's almost the same as that contract. And James Johnson uh, yeah. makes 16. So, I mean, they've got two expiring contracts that add up to $35 million. And they've got Boban as well, which is another three and a half. So they can get to $38.5 million. I mean, heck, if they wanted to, they could go trade for John Wall, okay, to show you how big that contract <laughs> is. I'm not saying yeah. they trade for John Wall. But I'm just throwing out how much money they have. It's hard for me to see Chicago parting ways with someone like Zach. Like, it's just, I think that this could be their guy. I could, I think this could be their guy. Just the, the way that he's grown and you mentioned it already. He's clutch. He can shoot. He can drive the lane. He, his playmaking ability has been out of this world this year just as far as his growth and his development of his game goes. And you've got some young guys I there. Just don't, you, want, you want to have a foundational piece. That's what you're saying. And I think that could be, he could be that foundational piece. I really do. I do too. He's coming I, off his first all-star appearance. I, I don't think it's fool's gold. I, I really, I really think that this could be something and you can wait for, for Kobe white to, to, to make that jump his third year. Wendell Carter jr. Just got to stay healthy. You have more young pieces you need to add. But I think that Zach Levine could be that guy. But it just depends on the the, the patience of that front office. Uh, you know, AK, Billy Donovan, I think, is, is a good coach. I think they're underachieving this season, but they've also had injuries like everybody else. Uh, but, but I feel like, you know, to be near that 500 mark at the break compared to where they were with Jim Boylan, I think, I think that's okay. Um, and they, they will have you know, some room to make some moves in free agency. If, if Zach Levine is somebody that can attract somebody to come to Chicago, luckily right. for Chicago, they are a bigger market. Well, so I think Chicago I don't think is it's that far fetched. Yeah. Chicago is an attractive market overall. I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, this team and, and by the way, they can have, and they didn't commit to Lowry marketing too. Remember yeah, that. That's they didn't give him an because, extension. So, I mean, this is a team that can have $30 million or so in, in cap space in the off season. So, I think it would be tough to pry Zach Levine away from Chicago right now. I think it would take a lot, but I think Chicago is going to be very active when it comes to, you know, this trade deadline market, because Lori marketing, I think is very, very interesting piece for a lot of teams as a big guy that can shoot that makes under $7 million. So you can easily get there when it comes to this contract. And he's somebody that I think if he's available and I think he should be at this point, um, that could be very attractive to a lot of teams. And another guy that if Chicago wants to make a move and can find a home, they've got Otto Potter Jr. sitting there at $28.5 million. And if they can Bad contract some- for bad contract. Chicago, Cleveland, listen to me, please. It's Cavs out there. need some wings. <laughs> the, 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 the Bulls could use a center just because Wendell Carter is, is never healthy. And he's on an expiring anyway. It's out there, uh, man. Drumming that is. So Drummond for Porter, just do it. 
it's easy. Hey, you could do that. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of different things they could do. There's, I mean, hey, when I look at Chicago, they've got now we got Otto Porter Jr. at 28 and a half. Garrett Temple is available. You know, he's making just about 4.8. Good locker so, room guy, good veteran. Exactly. So, I mean, he's a guy that I could I could see mood marketing. Man, marketing if he could stay healthy. I mean, we're, they, we're not talking about Thaddeus Young, man. He's having one of the best seasons of his career. He is. Just, and he's just his name has been out there, but I mean, it, it sounds like the Bulls are not interested in moving him. That might be one of those, yeah, you better cough up a lot if you really want to pry him from us, but um, he might be available. But yeah, he's, I mean, Thaddeus Young is just a, a pro's pro, which we talked about before. So, I mean, Chicago has some pieces where if they really want to be active. They can do some stuff here. Yeah, and and you say that Chicago is you know reluctant to move Thaddeus, but but my thought of this is he has nothing to do with the future of the organization. He's thirty two years old. Yep, um, he's somebody that has deserved to play for a contender for a long, long time now, and just hasn't had that opportunity to do so. Um, I feel like a contender should should go for the world for this guy. Uh, he's not going to be this guy that just sits out on the perimeter and shoots threes like most wings or whatever. Uh, you know, he's a bigger guy. He plays the four, but he is able to guard on ball. He is a brick house. I saw him just completely stifle Kevin Love in the playoffs a few years ago when he was a pacer. But what he's doing this season is efficient. It is getting guys involved. It is playing hard-nosed defense. Look at his field goal percentage. Like it's 61%, Brian, 61%. Um, getting guys involved, a career high 44.4 assists just out of the short roll has been so good in finding his guys and passing out of the post. He's just a very, very good piece and should be on a championship contender. So that's my thought. And I know Chicago would be reluctant to move him because of how well he's played. But at the same time, I feel like a, a, a contender. Now you want to talk about a contender that call, could call for him. Boston. Perfect. Again. It's yep. like, it's a great fit. It's a great fit. It, it's just any team that needs that extra edge. And a lot of teams could use that extra edge that Thad brings. How aggressive would you be if you're a contender and going after marketing, knowing that he's a free agent this off season, he makes under $7 million. He's had the shoulder injury. He could be coming back you know, tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night, you know, when the Bulls play the next game. Um, I mean, to be a seven foot guy, that's only 23 years old and has three point range. I can stroke it. I mean, in today's NBA, I mean, if he can just stay healthy and he's shooting 40% from three point range, I mean, I think it'd be a very, very, uh, nice piece. Um, I'm of, not of sure, course. but what, I'm not sure what his trade market is. Like what teams would be willing to, give up for him but i mean I, I don't know what his future is with chicago i really don't and that's why i'm i'm very intrigued about him and if he would get moved and how aggressive the bulls will be at looking at uh moving him agreed agreed and i think this season was kind of a let's wait and see how he does under billy because billy's gonna be our our coach into the future here um maybe they still end up coming to terms who knows um you you brought it up. Everybody can use somebody who shoots threes at a 40% clip. But, I mean, a stretch now, four, stretch five? I mean, you're probably not going to play him at five, but a stretch four, because, I mean, he's not going to be a rim protector or anything like that, but a stretch four in today's NBA, that's seven foot. 
that can move. He can move. He can run off screens. He can do those things. Um, By the way, he is shooting 63.6% from corners. That's incredible. So that, that's that's something right there. Take that, PJ Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> but but seriously, like any team could use that that needs a, a bit. Now, defensively, we're talking another completely different thing here. Right. But somebody who can stretch the floor and open things up on offense for teams that need that kind of spacing to drive, that's somebody that you could mm-hmm. look out for. And he's 23 years old. Like, but the commitment, again, it's like John Collins. Do you... Are you coming? Are you going to commit if we trade for you? Or is this just going to be a rental and then we'll see what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you trade for him, you better be ready to pay him in the offseason. And I'm sure he's... I don't know how much money he's going to command either, but... I don't know. He seems like a guy that should get somewhere around like 15, but I could easily see him getting like 20 to 22. Because of the teams that are desperate and want to spend money. Oh, yeah. And because, of, I mean, it, it's all about potential. Look at the potential of this guy. Oh, my goodness, the potential. And people will overpay for a 23-year-old seven-footer that can shoot, you know? He's uh, got to play more than 70 games in one season first, though, for me. That would uh, that would definitely help. Uh, so let's talk about some teams, some other teams that could be aggressive when it comes to selling. Um you already mentioned Andre Drummond, so let's hit on the Cavs. So they've got a couple of guys that are out there. So Drummond out there making, you know, almost $30 million. There, There's been some scuttlebutt lately about, like, if they can't make a deal by the deadline, would they just let them walk? And the Nets and the Lakers are the two teams that have emerged. Mind you, let's throw this out there for everybody. Brooklyn has an injury exception, and they have their mid-level exception. So they have two slots of about five and a half million dollars that they can sign players on the open market or make a trade. The Lakers have nothing. The Lakers had the veterans minimum. That's it for anybody that they signed. So there's a huge money gap, but and let's play, have, let's play 2k, Brian. Let's just put every player on our teams and don't yep. worry about what the rules are. Yeah, I know. Don't make me go on another rant about guys talking heads and TV. Um, I already did that about a month ago. Um, Larry Nance Jr. is a guy whose name has popped up a decent amount. That sounds like um, some teams are very interested in him, and rightfully so because he's another guy that's just – he is going to be the guy that um, numbers don't show up at the box score, but he brings all the intangibles out on the court. So um, I think that he is a guy that could find a new home here, and I think he's kind of – prepared himself for that as well. JaVale McGee, he's got the expiring contract, just making over $4 million. Um, We'll see if he gets moved. I think he will. And then the other thing is, if he gets moved, does he stay with that team or does he get bought out? Because I'm telling you right now, there's a team on the West Coast that wears uh, gold and purple that would love to have him back. If he, But they can't just trade for him. He has to get traded somewhere else and then get bought out. Um, And then you've got the really, really big ticket item of Kevin Love, who still has two years left on his deal at about $60 million on a declining contract after next season. Kevin has not really played this year. He's played two games. Yes. I. So you know this a lot. You're around the team a lot, and you will know this a lot better than most people. Can Kevin still play? And is there a fit for him somewhere else where you think a team could say, 
yeah, I think he could be an addition to our team and we're, we're willing to, to make that move. Are you willing to match $31 million of salary to get that done? That's my question. Are you the Dallas Mavericks? Would you, would you like a Kevin Love? Does he fit with Kristaps Porzingis? <laughs> do you want, do you want two, two floor If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, things? would you trade Kevin Love for Kristaps Porzingis? In a heartbeat. In an absolute heartbeat. Uh, but, but the problem is here, and I've had conversations with people around the organization about this. They're not going to get back for Kevin Love what they feel like is appropriate for somebody of Kevin Love's stature. That's always that's been the, the problem since they signed him to that contract extension. That's not, they always asked too much for him. That's, but that's in respect to, to what he brings as a leader in the locker room. That's in respect to what he brings on the floor as a spacer and a shooter. Uh, his defensive rebounding ability. That's what they're looking at. And for this to work, you'll have to blow them away. And yeah, they're probably playing their cards a little too tightly, but that's just how it is. It's always been, where's Kevin Love getting traded since 2014-15? It's been that story. Doesn't matter if they're championship contender, doesn't matter if the very bottom of the league, it's always been, where's Kevin Love traded to? Where's he going? He's never had a season where a trade tag was not attached to his name. And I find it hilarious because he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere this season. What, what team is going to provide a, an appropriate deal for somebody who's played two games this season, who is 32 years old with back problems? We don't know how he's, whether he's able to move. Maybe we got to see that after he comes back to the floor, whenever that may be. They've continued to tell us that he's re-aggravated his injury and re-aggravated his injury. I, that's probably talk to just, you know, keep him off the floor, maybe while they're in discussions for him. I, I don't know that much, but he hasn't played. And even during this, like, rehab that he's tried to come back from this calf injury, it just seems like it's setback after setback. And they're very mum about his status. So I, if I'm a team that wants a, a stretch four that is going to, you know, hit threes and stuff, I'm going to that market inside. I'm going to somebody that I know, and I'm not saying that marketing is somebody that's healthy either, but he's 23 years old as compared to Kevin Love, who's turning 33 in September. Like, I'm just not going after Kevin Love right now. I need to see that he could play. Maybe we'll talk Turkey in the summer after he plays post all-star break and shows that he's still Kevin love, but I'm not touching that. Just the back, the back injury history is uh, way too, way too much for me. Not even just this calf injury that uh, he's been sidelined since late December. I'm, I'm just not doing it. That's been the problem for the Cavs ever since they signed him to a five-year extension a couple of years ago. And that his name has been linked to so many different teams, but they want way too much for him and they're just never going to get that value. And they always thought like, well, we should get a star back or, you know, we should get all these pieces back when you're looking at, you know, the Kevin love from, you know, five, seven years ago, not the Kevin love of now. And you're and weighing it, this too. And you're weighing this against what does this do to our locker room? Because he has been the standard bearer in that locker room. Tristan Thompson's gone off the Boston. He's no longer the, you know, Tristan's no longer the guy in the locker room that, that holds everybody together. It's Kevin. 
it's Kevin and and he has such a close relationship with Colin Sexton after you know they had a little bit of, of disagreements during his rookie year. They've grown very close. I'm sure that him and Larry are very close as well. I see them bantering on social media all the time. Like when you trade somebody, you got to take in the human element as well. And I feel like they value Kevin as a human a little bit more than as a basketball player. Well, I think it would have to be the right deal. And they're, they're, they, they are committed to ever moving Kevin Love, whether it's now. They're not going to take pennies on the dollar for him. I know that for a fact. I know they're not going to take pennies on the dollar, but they've got to understand that it's going to be 30 cents on the dollar if they want to move. If they want to say, okay, it's time that we make a trade. It is time that we move him. And we need to get that salary gone. Then you've got to understand, you know, what his true value is. You held on to the, the, the asset too long. Is, is uh, they held on, I mean, they probably should. I, I understand they were trying to do the right thing, but when they gave him that five-year extension for $150 million, yep, they, they did it to themselves, you know, and now this is the issue they're having to deal with. So I, I, I'll be interested in seeing what the Cavs do. I think – They'll at least make one move. I don't. I don't know if it'll be McGee or or Nance, um, Drummond. Yeah, so they, you didn't that, even bring Drummond's up the one that's the, the hot name. You didn't even bring that up. And who that is? The Andre Drummond. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't bring up well, that name at all. He is, but I mean, it's because he makes so much money. I don't know. And we've also talked about it at nauseum. I mean, we know about the problems with Drummond. He makes so much money that it's going to be tough to find a trade partner for him, and then. They're going to lose. They're just going to lose an asset because they can sit there and say, okay, Andre, just sit on the bench for the rest of the season. Um, and you can walk in the off season, even though we have your bird rights. And I don't know if they would want to resign them. Probably not. Um, and it would seem like a bad move considering that they just traded for Jared Allen. And he's the future of that position, or they could buy him out. He loses his bird rights at that point, which he does not want which to is do. Why he wouldn't want to, to get bought out. Right. Right. I'm going to tell you right now. I've, I've heard, and you can trust this or not, but I, I, I am in Cleveland, and I am pretty close to this organization. You're plugged in. I, I have heard that there are multiple frameworks that are on the table. So I, I, think, I think they're going to get a deal done. I do. Where do you and, think and he ends that's up? A, a, whether that's a, a, you know, a two-team deal or a three-team deal, I don't know that. But I think it'll be a multi-team deal. That that's just my uh, my guesstimation. <laughs> um, any any hints on what teams you think you might be sniffing around for? I, I don't have any particular teams that that hint towards it. But just as far as who can get it done, you know, we we mentioned the Bulls earlier with Otto Porter and just a straight up switch of expiring contracts. Um, I think Dallas is somebody who makes sense. I think New York is somebody who makes sense. And I think a, a ringer team for me would be someone like Charlotte or, or Sacramento. And I've put together those, those uh, frameworks on basketballnews.com for us to see how the money works and, and what is possible. So I think there's teams out there. I really do. Uh, despite, you know, a, a center from quote unquote, the past teams can use his defense. I'm just saying. Yeah. So I, I, I think that, they're going to get something done. I really do. Um, and, and, and that would shock a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, what? That'd be a big mistake if they didn't get something for him. Because at that point, you might as well just buy him out and let him go someplace else. 
And the Cavs have made this. May I, let, may I remind you what they got for Andre Drummond last year? What the Pistons got for Andre Drummond last year? Please remind The Cavs everybody. had to give up John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second-round pick. Mm. A future second-round pick, by the way. A future protected second-round pick. <laughs> protected. So they got... They they got and Brandon and John those are my guys I love them they're great people wish they were back in the league hopefully they do get back in the league some point soon here, but John was in and out of the rotation because of his injuries. Brandon Knight wasn't in the rotation at all, and they used those contracts to get Andre Drummond somebody who's been an All Star in this past. So I don't think they're going to get much for Andre Drummond but they kind of have to get something decent in return because of that deal. Yes. And so that that's my thought. Yeah. You mentioned the team. I, I wanted to mention too. I wanted yep. to mention too, that you, you brought up earlier, uh, Larry Nance jr. Not going anywhere, not going anywhere. Not, I know a lot okay. of teams want him. He's, he's not going anywhere. Um, that dude is too Cleveland esque to go anywhere. And it sounds cliche, but the organization feels as if th- there was a quote the other day that <laughs> Kobe Altman <laughs> feel like he would need to trade himself before Larry Nance Jr. with the amount of vitriol that he would get <laughs> if that happened. I mean, he's so. a he's a guy that once he gets in your organization, you just love him. He's just a good dude. He does all the hard work. He's all the effort plays. Uh, Very he's, good guy. he's fun to watch because of, mm-hmm. you know, he's just so athletic and everything. I mean, hey, as a Laker fan that had him when he came out of college on a team, I love Larry Nance Jr. He was great, you know, and he was fun to watch. I understood why the Lakers had to move him, but um, he's just he's just one of those role players that's just a really good dude that um, that you can enjoy watching. You, you and he will reportedly be back too after the uh, the All Star break, so that's okay. good there too. And and then before we move on, I also did want to mention that names that that, that I've heard have possibly be on the the trading block are Jetty Osman and Torian Prince. So make of that okay. what you will. A couple other interesting names that could be nice role players somewhere. Mm-hmm. But you you mentioned one of the teams that's had a lot of names that have been attached to them so far, the Sacramento Kings. And the question right now when it comes to the Kings, are they buyers or are they sellers? Because the ownership there desperately wants to try to get into the postseason. They do not want to wave the white flag. However... They ain't going anywhere. And there needs to be a point where they just say, we're done. Let's focus on the future. And I know that is a wash, rinse, repeat statement from that organization every year. But um, they've got some foundational pieces. Now is the time probably to say, we've got some parts that people are interested in. Let's maximize their value. I mean, they're 14 and 22 right now. Um, They're a couple games back from the, play-in game, but are you really playing to get into the play-in game, or are you playing to actually be a good team in the future? Um, They'd I, rather be in the play-in game, I'm going to tell you that right, right I know they wouldn't. It's sick, man, because they that's not what they should be doing. I mean, they especially because they do have some parts that they could really move. And so there, there's the two that are mentioned the most are Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes makes $22 million this year. He has a de-escalating contract to where he makes a little over 20 next year and then a little over 18 the following. Harrison Barnes 
feels like he's been in the league for 20 years. He's 28 years old. He's having a career year, guys. He's great. Like, I I very much enjoyed watching Harrison Barnes be that second slash third guy. I think that he has found a perfect a perfect niche as a NBA basketball player. I, I truly do. Um, and I thought he played really well in Dallas, despite everybody, you know, poo-pooing on that contract and, you know, rightfully so because it was a very large contract, but I thought he did a really good job in Dallas as well, but it yes. took him a little while to find his, his, his groove in Sacramento. But I think that he's finally there. Um, I, I love the, the job that he's done just in that mid post area. Um, as a three point shooter, he's been consistent over, you know, pretty much his entire career. Um, but especially I feel like, uh, this season and he's, he's not been, uh, afraid to take the big shot or to, you know, get a defensive stock, get a big rebound. Like he's, he's really gotten his game to a point where every team could use a player like that. And he has turned into that veteran, uh, and, and that seasoned guy that can really guide a team. And I'm not saying that from a production standpoint, but I'm saying that from a floor general standpoint and as somebody on the bench that can harness a team together and, and get them going in the right direction. And he's been a soldier in Sacramento. Yes, he absolutely has. He got a raw deal coming out of Golden State, I think. But he definitely is putting up great numbers. I mean, he's shooting 40% from three-point range this year as well. He, he just knows his game better than he did before. I think, like you said, he, he's just a true pro and he could help a lot of different teams when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, that's a Boston target for me too. Boston's linked to him right now. He would be an incredible fit, I think in Boston, but the, what this is going to come down to though, is are the Kings going to be sellers? Because I think they could get a good chunk for a Harrison Barnes. If they want to move him. the other guy that they could move, if they want to move off the money and because they're still kind of wishy-washy on their commitment to him, even though they gave him an extension is buddy healed, Buddy's got three more years left on his deal, but he's making uh, 26 million this year. And he has got another de-escalating contract, Buddy could help a lot of teams, but I don't know if they want to move him or not. It just depends on what their commitment is. Uh, to him and how he fits on that team. But if they want to make buddy's relationship too with Luke, like, I don't know. He's been in the lineup. He's been out of the lineup. How many times have, have we no idea? He's not answering the calls and then he is, you know, or whatever. I mean, buddy is another guy that's 28 years old. He can shoot. Everybody can use a shooter. And he absolutely can shoot. Did you see the tear that he's been on? Uh, he, he went on right before the all-star break. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. He, he went 30, 29, 21, and hit 23s in three games. So, <laughs> Buddy Heald, if they wanted to make him available, imagine the suitors that would be out there for him because I think Boston would be interested. I think the Sixers would be interested. I think the Nuggets would be interested. I think the Mavericks would be interested. There's a lot of teams that would be interested in him. And I like the Western Conference fits. I like the Mavs fit, and I like the Nuggets fit. Now that I'm here, I keep bringing up the Mavs because they have movable contracts. Plus, the Mavs are starting to make a move. They've finally gotten healthy. Luca is finally in shape and he's hitting threes. And that, that team is making a move. So there's fits, but it all just comes down to what Sacramento wants to do. Do they want to move Buddy Heald? Do they want to move Harrison Barnes? Um, I don't think they'd move both, 
I, I don't know which one they would be more willing to move, but either one, I think they could get a really, really good package that could help them move forward as they, I mean, they're going to build around Jaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. Those are the two guys are building around, you know, um, Bagley. I don't know if you're really going to build around him. He's still a massive, massive question mark that's out there. But I mean, those two guards are the guys that you're going to be building around. If you can get something, if somebody wants to be willing to almost overpay for a buddy healed or a Harrison Barnes, I think you got to take a serious look because I mean, Hey, I get it. You haven't been in the playoffs in forever, but who cares if you get, if it's one more year, like make a solid commitment to the future. If you've got valuable assets, you can get something for now. If you look at their cap sheet, man, they, they still have so many other pieces that they can move to. Do they can move Bielitsa? Yeah. Bielitsa is a non-guaranteed deal. Like at 7.1 mil. And he can shoot. Uh, He's another Corey guy. Joseph He's... is making 12.6 million. Yes. Like, I mean, they've got movable. And it's parts. non-guaranteed for next year. So it's basically a expiring deal. If you want to, I think we found play. our home for Kevin Love. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> Hey, you know, they wanted to make the move for Drummond. Like you said, you know, I mean, they, they've got a lot of different moving parts that they could do something with here. Like I said, you know, when I, I brought Bailey, so, you know, weeks ago, and he's another guy, he's just a pros pro that's out there. That's available on a manageable contract in the final year of his, I'd day. rather have Bailey. I'd rather have Bailey says my stretch for right now than uh, you know, anybody that has injury issues. I, well, I would, I mean, I really looking, I mean, he's 32 years old, but I mean, He's he's been there, done that. I mean, he is he knows his role. He's not going to overstep what's going to be asked of him to do. Okay, he's going to go out there. You tell him what to do. He's going to stand in the corners and he's going to hit threes. Okay, that that that's what you need. So that that's why if I I mean if I'm looking at a, a manageable salary and I want to get another shooter on my team, Beelitz is somebody I think you got to take a serious look at. Those same teams I mentioned before. I mean, everybody needs more shooting. I can see him with yep. a fit with all those teams. Agreed. I can see him, I can see him in a fit with Portland. Um, you know, I I mean, heck, he could fit with the Miami Heat probably. And he has those random games where he just goes off too. Yeah, which is really funny because like Bailey's is just somebody that doesn't come to your head when it comes to like you know like twenty five point games. But he's had a lot of those in his career. Specifically, I remember mostly when he was in Minnesota, but. I agree. Somebody that can stretch the floor. Uh, he's not even just standing in the corners either. You can hit him out on the elbow. He'll hit all, go all above the break. He he's a he's a he's a shooter, man. And doesn't he almost? It, it looks with- like he's had a down year this year. But let me remind everybody how difficult it is to get a rhythm when you're not in a rotation. And when look at when he has been in the rotation, he has done a good job of of making those shots. Doesn't he feel like he should be on the Spurs? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Is, is it is it because is it because he's a Euro? Is that is that why? I mean, he just feels kind of like a Popovich Spurs type of guy. He you does. Know? He he just does. I mean, it, Pop has a type. We know Pop has a type. So, <laughs> what, it, okay, do you think they're going to make a move? And if they do, like if they move a Heald or a Barnes, do you do you think they'll finally say, okay, let's let's move one of them? And if so, which one do you think is more likely to be moved? More likely to be moved. I would go the route of between Heald and Barnes. I think they would part ways with Buddy just because he's like publicly gone at them before. <laughs> Harrison Barnes is more of that quiet type. Just 
goes out, does his business. Um, very good, you know, veteran leader type. Buddy is more outspoken, even though he might be more talented. Uh, I feel like Buddy would be the guy they would part ways it, but between those two, if they do. Because you never know. They could be stubborn and be like, oh, let's just stick with it. I mean, I would. <laughs> we, got four, we got 14 wins. We're still in the hunt. I agree. I mean, if they were going to move one of them, he would be the guy I would probably move. But that ownership's just so stubborn. I don't know if they're going to do anything. Yeah. I, I, Mon Vivek, got to gotta, gotta come to terms. Got to come to terms here at some point, right? Let me bring up my other stubborn team that I think is going to make a move. I'm just not sure what it is. That's your Orlando Magic. Because the Magic can dip their toe into the trade water, you know, a little bit. I mean, when it comes to somebody like an Evan Fournier who's on an expiring deal, do they finally trade Aaron Gordon? And would they be willing to entertain trading Vucevic and getting a King's ransom for him? I am not trading Vucevic from them. I don't think they are. I, I really... I, I That might be a conversation I have in the summer. Might be have a conversation that I have in the summer. Yes. Uh, and it I mean, feels a little bit lower. But... but- you got to remember yeah. that this is a guy, I mean, next year, I mean, he's got two years left. He's making 46 million for the numbers he puts up. It's incredible. He loves being in Orlando. He loves it. He does not want to get traded. I don't think Aaron Gordon's only got one year left on his deal for about 16 million after this year. He's making 18 this year. 48 is on an expiring deal. Terrence Rosto has two years left on his deal for about uh, 24 so he's a guy that I think they'd definitely be open to moving. I don't know if anybody wants to spend that money on him, but, you know, Fournier, I, I think believe probably, T. Ross has been linked to Denver as well. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Fournier yeah. has probably been linked to go back there as well. And then the, the big thing is, are they ever going <laughs> to, what are they going to do with Eric Gordon? Because his name has been in trade rumors forever. And he's kind of one of these guys that we still don't even know what you're going to get out of him on a game to game basis. Well, I think that's the question, Brian. What are you going to get out of him? Like, is this somebody that you want to trade with a value as probably as low as it is? Like, he has played 19 games only this season. Um, he's pretty consistent with his numbers, but they're not very high contracty numbers. And they're not... I, I He's 25 years old, man. I, I don't know. How close are we to saying he has what he is? Like, that, that, that's my thought process when it comes to AG. Um, great dude from what I've heard and great teammate. But when I'm looking at production and inconsistency in that production, I don't know what I'm willing to pay him. Do you, I, and what would, and, and if that's a question for the magic itself right now, what do you think the questions are for the teams around the league? Like what, what are the magic actually going to get him for? Right. I think it just depends on what your value is for him. Like, how do you see him fitting in with what you're doing? He's improving as a shooter. Okay. Right. But but the but, thing is, he needs to be a high-energy guy that does intangibles, that can hit corner threes, and can uh, shut down, you know, the two and threes on the other team. Is he going to commit to that? Yeah. I you have know? no idea. Yeah. Oh, I think, me- you know, defensively, he's done a good job. I think offensively again like he's improving offensively but is it enough to be like yeah i'm gonna give up the farm for that guy like i i'm not i'm not in that that party i can't i can't be if you're another team in the league do you take a flyer on mo bamba absolutely 
hundred percent. Uh, Mo, by the way, Mo played some games before the break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was interesting because we hadn't seen him on the court for a while. Obviously, he had the um, the the COVID effects that that came into play, but Clifford actually played him some minutes uh, in February. So that was good to see. Maybe he can get a little bit of a rhythm. Uh, in in regards to your other questions about uh, trade talks, that. So I'm thinking to myself, 40A on a expiring 17 million deal. You know, maybe a contender is interested in in a guy like that because he uh, he's also somebody that's a little inconsistent, but yeah, he's been there as well. Like he's he's been in you know high stake situations before. He's a shooter. Um, yeah, exactly. He's a shooter. Shooting uh, is always going to be valued. I mean, I could see him going to Boston as well. Yeah, yeah, or. <laughs> If you want to go back to that that Popovich tree, <laughs> yes, know, like right there again, another Euro. Um, but no, I, I think that's an easy you know contract to trade. But it d- depends on how much they value him. Uh, you know, he's just entering his prime now, twenty eight years old. He'll give you eighteen, nineteen a night. Um, he he's a good player. I, I I don't think he's special by any means, but I, I think he's a good solid player. Um. Terrence Ross, that's somebody I could see them moving just because of the uh, the guard room that they have. You know, there's guys that you know are are hurt right now, like Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz. But like, just as far as long term outlook goes, I don't know if Terrence has you know too long for this team, especially for the production that he brings and the the job that he does as a, a sixth man of the year candidate every year. Um, you know, human torch, come off the bench, give you energy, uh, you know, play a solid, solid role. They, you know, a lot of teams could use that. Yeah. I don't know who's, you know, go after him. I said, like I said earlier, I think I saw that the Nuggets were linked to him. But, yeah, that that's pretty much the the list down with the the magic there. I I probably see them just sticking there. This I think, season, I think Fournier gets moved, but I, I don't think they're going to find a taker for Gordon. I think Ross and, and Vooch stay. So the reason I think that Fournier might not get moved is because I don't know if they're going to get what they want for him, even though he's an expiring deal and it's a decently easy, you know, contract to move. I think that they're like, well, shoot, that's like one of our top scorers. Can we really send a message like this and say, uh, we'll just get rid of Fournier and, you know, build towards the future. I just don't think mm. a Steve Clifford team doesn't do that. That's sure. That's just uh, my opinion on, on that. But I, I, you know, you see it in Charlotte and Charlotte was always fighting, you know, tooth and nail. I, I feel like the magic are a similar, similar mindset team. Um, and, and quickly too, by the way, uh, a quick plug just interviewed Michael Carter Williams this week. So be on the lookout in basketballnews.com. A lot of great stuff about him, uh, you know, coming up from his rookie year and the ups and downs of his career. And that's somebody that's on the Magic who's made some noise. So, um, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. Let me throw out some quick hitters here before we wrap up. Let me let me okay. mention one other team that's got some other names. Lightning can, round. Lightning round me. It's getting quicker. So, the Thunder. Uh, we know that, you know, they've been just, you know, compiling assets for the future. They've got some pieces. George Hill, I don't even think has played this year. He's out there. Trevor Ariza um, and Al Horford. 
are three guys that, you know, veteran guys that could get moved, could get bought out. I think Hill and Ariza could get bought out. Horford obviously will not, but he could get traded. Um, and remember, he's got two years left on his deal, but his second year on that uh, is only like partially guaranteed. So do you, I, I think, I think Hill will find another team. Ariza, maybe Horford probably will stay with the thunder. What do you think? I am in agreement with you the way you just named it. Uh, Hill gets picked up by another team after a buyout or a trade. Trevor Reza gets picked up by another team after a buyout. I would assume just because it's going to be down that stretch time where, you know, teams need playoff help and you need somebody to play 15 minutes for you. I think Ariza could do that for you. Um, and Horford, like you said, way too big of a contract to to move. I don't think that they trade him as well because similarly to that, you know, Kevin Love thing that I mentioned earlier, I feel like they value his presence in that locker room. Similarly to as well, uh, what Chris Paul did for that, that team uh, last year. So many people have linked George Hill to the Clippers. For some reason, I don't see him going to the Clippers though. Okay. I'm not exactly what do you sure. Think, what, 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 what do you think's a fit for George? Um, Miami. They got Dragic already though. Yeah. But I mean, can they, he's the injury and everything there. I'd still be kind of nervous about. I'd like some protection there. Um, Milwaukee. Okay. Again, go, can, can he go back to Milwaukee? <laughs> mm -hmm. Is it within the year? Okay. Yeah, I gotta look at that too. So I, I think, was gonna say I don't know about the circumvention rule. Just thinking. Sure, sure, oh, sure. Um, but I mean, there, it's always good to have a guy that can that's a veteran that can knock down open threes. So Boston. Uh, even though even though Teague's actually showed some sign of life, yeah, I'm he showed signs that. of life lately. But I mean, but the, do the you thing, trust that? Yeah. I, for Boston, I think it's a size thing. I mean, yeah, you can hit open shots, but it's just like we need some size in here, man. We need wing guys or big than that. So, I mean, I think that that would be a tough one there. Um, Ariza, I mean, everybody's going to link him with the Lakers just because he played there before. Um, maybe. It seems like all the names that are linked to the Lakers are bigs, but maybe he would fit there, even though that's kind of the Kuzma rule. But I don't know what Ariza has left in the tank, quite honestly. <laughs> I I have no idea what he can. He's been staying up, man. He's been staying up. I see his social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out there. Uh, let me throw one other name too. Uh, the Pacers. Any chance do you think they move uh, Doug McBuckets? Dougie McBuckets. Mm. Now this is a name that I did not expect to hear. Because I mean, uh, I look at the see. Pacers. Are they building for this year or next year? Because I mean, I look at them and they're sixteen. I think it's a little bit of both, Brian. I think it's exactly. So, I mean, is, is Dougie McBucket somebody they could get something for, but it's not going to hurt them too much this year because this team has had to deal with a lot this year when it comes to injuries already. So they're, and you have TJ Warren waiting in the wings. So you don't know what Dougie's playing time is going to be like after he comes back. So and Karis Levert. Yeah. So even yeah. if they sneak into the playoffs, it's like, so what we're building for the future. We've got a guy here. That's an asset. We can get something for right now. What are you going to get for him and where does he fit? Is that like a Sixers fit for you? Is that a... I think he could be. Denver um, fit? Is that? I think he's one of those guys where like if teams are sniffing around trying the to... The Mavs, that could be a good low buy for the Mavs. Yeah. I, like, I, I think that he's like a fallback guy for a lot of these teams where they're maybe they're trying to make another deal and if they can't, they go, well, 
we wouldn't mind getting somebody that can shoot here pretty good. So let me get McDermott, who's on an expiring deal and makes, you know, 7.3 mil. So he's not overly costly. So, yeah, there's a, I think there's a lot of places where he could fit, but I don't think he's like the first name on everybody's list, but it's like, you know what? We couldn't get this guy. We couldn't get that guy. And I really would like to get some shooting. So who's available on a manageable contract that wouldn't cost too much. Oh, McDermott. Yep. I could do that. You know, cause what, what's it going to cost a matching salary in a couple seconds? Maybe. Yeah. That, yeah. Maybe something like that. So he, he's a okay. guy that I would look for. And one, one other and, name. And I will say, I will say too, uh, with, with McDermott this season, uh, not just shooting threes, he's putting it on the floor a little bit more. Sure. Um, so he, he can bring a little bit more than just that one dimensional element. A name that was mentioned earlier this year, a lot. Um, and I don't know if he is on the market or not, but would be very intriguing is one Lonzo ball. Lonzo mm-hmm. has played so much better and is now, I believe, shooting 40% from threes. And um, I don't know what the Pelicans' plan is because he's a free agent. Um, but if he is available for what he can do in passing and hitting open shots, he would be a very interesting pick. Like, So imagine if you're the Nuggets and you don't want to go after a Kyle Lowry. But Alonzo Ball would be pretty interesting there. Um, no doubt. No doubt. I think he's like, his, a, he's not, he's not as good as Lowry, but man, he, he can do a lot of different things, you know, that you'd be asking Lowry to do really young. He plays lockdown defense. Yep. The Pelicans have now found the correct role for him. And we talked about this. He doesn't have the ball in his hands quite as much at all. He's more of a three and D guy. He's more of a wing than 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 a point guard. He's a he's wing big. with point guard skills. Yeah, he he's a big. He's six foot six in the backcourt, so he can he can defend positions one through three. He he's a great passer. He's still an incredible passer, and then now he yes, can he hit is. open shots. Quite honestly, you you know what team could really use him right now? Were you gonna say the Lakers? The Lakers. They can't get him. They just can't. They, I mean, it doesn't work. I mean, there's no way they can make a deal that would work. But he's like everything that they're looking for right now. <laughs> Outside of a <laughs> rim so protector. Funny. He really is. The irony. The irony. It's like we gave up on this guy. Oh, we can play. Damn it. Um, Just like uh, Josh Hart. Like Josh Hart. I mean, he does so many different Hart. great little things. I love Josh Hart. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't make mm. any money. I mean, I, that's why I don't think the Pelicans would would move off of him because he's just, yeah. I mean, he, um, he's going to be a free agent after this year though, but he's making three and a half. I mean, the one guy that we talk about when it comes to the Pelicans is JJ Redick. And I don't know if anybody's actually going to trade for him because he makes 13 million. Maybe they would. He seems like a buyout candidate and I'd be, that just screams Philly to me, by the way, if he has bought out or yes. if a, made, a deal is made for him, it just screams Philly for me. Familiarity with the organization close to home as he's wanted. And really able to just come off of screens and just fire like that. That's that we know what his fit is like with Philly and, and the majority of that core. So I I feel like that's just a no brainer. So let's wrap up with this. Let me throw out some teams and you just tell me, do they make a move? Yes or no. And is it a impact guy? Okay. So if I say the Celtics, because they've got all that, that 20 and a half million they can spend right now, that TPE. They got to use it, right? No. No? No. You think Danny they're going to wait till the offseason? Dan- 
Danny Ainge going to Danny Ainge. Wow. I was going to say, I think they've got to do it. I think Barnes. I don't think they use the TPE. They might make it. They might make trade, but I don't think they use the TPE. Mm. Sixers. Yes. I agree. I think they're going to do something. I think in a dream world, they land Lowry or Levine. Um, That's crazy that that got brought up. God. I still, I, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that they get Kyle Lowry. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I'll say that I think Kyle they Lowry. get, I, I think they just get someone like a JJ Redick okay. or as we were mentioning before, one of those, one of those low key shooters. Nuggets. No. I think they will do something, but it's on the fringe. Okay. Uh, Nets with their two exceptions no. they have. No, no. They 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 did their shopping already, and they went and got Blake Griffin. So Which, um, I think I think they're perfectly uh, satisfied. Maybe they're going to add some ten days here and there. Yeah. I, I just don't think they're going to make a move at the deadline. I I don't know what move they can make at the deadline. They Does have Blake nobody. Play, yeah. Does Blake play more than ten minutes a game there? Yes, he'll pay. He'll play fifth between fifteen to twenty. That that's my thought. I I gotta take, see take some of that onus away from Jeff Green. I gotta see what I got out of that guy. I, I yep. I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's I'm, I'm in wait and see mode. I'm in wait and see yep, mode. Exactly. Mavericks. Do they do something? Yes. Yes, they do. Do you think they do a big splash? One of one of those expiring deals is gone. Okay. I think so too. Whether, whether I mean, it's Timmy, whether it's Timmy Hardaway or James Johnson. And I think in the offseason they look to move Porzingis. Interesting. Because I think they're using the rest of the season to see the fit with him and Luca. I think that Porzingis, you just can't trust him because of all the injuries. He can shoot, but his he can't play D anymore. He can't move. And it's going to be a tough pill to swallow. It's kind of like a Kevin Love situation where you know you're not going to get equal value, but it's going to come out in the end that it'll be better just because you free yourself off that money and also what he can do on the court. And you need somebody else mm-hmm. in that position. Okay. Heat. Wheel and deal and Pat Riley. Yes. They're going to do some. I think that's I think Oladipo is going to the heat. Ooh, you've got, man, you, you really are making some predictions here. I, I don't know if it's going to be that crazy. There's a lot of names that are, they're surfacing, but I just don't think, Ooh, if that happens, I'll give you props. I can't help it if I've got guts and you don't. Um, <laughs> Warriors, do they do anything? I think they stand pat. I, do I think too. they stand pat. I think that Kelly's kind of found a little bit of, of a of a comfortability there now. Um, I don't know, I know what they can of, get for him. You know that would really help. And them that's in the also future. another point. That's another point I wanted to bring up too. Yeah, what are you going to get for Kelly Oubre at this point? And let me uh, mention my wild card team. Do the Memphis Grizzlies do anything? considering that they are sitting there with a young core and Gorgie Jang's making over 17 million on an expiring deal. They can put together enough money to get somebody of value. Um, and I mean, if they want to be aggressive, they can. Really just don't strike me as a aggressive team. So I feel like they're just going to ride it out. That. I didn't know that Gorgie was making that much of a pretty penny. And he's playing well. Uh, yeah, no, he's, yeah, he has, he has. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they do. I don't think they go after anybody. I don't know. 
and, and they have they have Justice Winslow just starting to come back, and you know, Josh starting to find his rhythm again. Waiting on Jaron Jackson Jr. to get healthy and play. I mean, all of us are. Like, mm-hmm. I just I just don't think they're going to make a, a a huge move. There's no reason to to shortcut the process that they're in right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know which guy that would be the right fit for them to do something there. But, um, hey, if they the Jang and Kyle Anderson's only got one year left on his deal, you stack those up. I mean, you've got almost $27 million right there. You could, you could really go after somebody if you really wanted to. Um, Agreed. But I, I, that might be something that you have to wait to the offseason for. I don't know if they can do anything um, right now. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. I think when it, there's some players that are out there that could definitely be difference makers. And like I said, at the start of this, we always talk about like, look at all these names and look at all the rumors. And it seems like most times it's not that busy. It's more, um, more sizzle than steak, mm-hmm. shall we say? But, uh, I don't, I don't know what it's, this is a weird year. And because there's so many teams that still want to be in it, um, Sellers are probably going to get more value because there's fewer sellers on the market right now. You know, unless the Sacramento Kings finally get their head out of their butt and say, we're going to be sellers. Um, uh, as one team I look at the same with the Orlando magic, but um, yeah, we'll see how aggressive teams are going to be. I think that I think there's a lot of teams that sit there and say, you know what? We can look at the Lakers and the Nets as being kind of the odds on favorites, but I still think it's pretty wide open and we can, we can really do you know, we can really take our shot. Well, I think that we did a very good job of covering possibly every trade situation that's been brought up to this point. Brian, this you was like a great the note idea. Sheet. You like the note this sheet. Was a, put together. It was, the note sheet was awesome. And I was just going through and seeing contracts and all that stuff. So I kind of did do my homework a little bit today, but I did have my cheat sheet. So I like thank that. you See, very I- much for that. But that was a good idea, man. That was a good idea. Uh, I think uh, going through these trade situations early, um, and we could talk about second-half stuff next week if we want to, but we'll probably be into it uh, at that point. The second half of the season does start on Wednesday night. Memphis hosting the Washington Wizards and the Mavericks hosting the San Antonio Spurs. So we're done. The All-Star break is over. We're on to bigger, better things going towards the playoff pushes that all these teams are going to try to make. And again, the trade deadline happening March 25th. So everybody have their phones on, get those notifications ready. It's going to be a good time. Keep it glued to basketballnews.com for all of the breaking news and all the hot rumors. Bang. Brian's got it on point. And with that said, we're going to wrap this up. We are a part of the basketballnews.com podcast network. Other podcasts for you to listen to. So many good ones. Neat and Unfiltered with Kenya Martin and Jadakiss. The Posecast with James Posey. Dishes and Dimes with the Ladies. The Rematch with Etan Thomas. The Dunker Spot with Nikias Duncan and Steve Jones Jr. Make sure you go listen to that one. That's the hottest podcast in basketball right now, and I'm not lying to you. You've got us here keeping it 94. The Alex Kennedy Podcast. The Sheridan Show with Chris Sheridan. And the Follow Through with Clips and Drew. And just a teaser... We do have another name coming to the basketballnews.com podcast network that you're not going to want to miss. So keep it locked in. I am on Twitter at Spin Davies. He is on Twitter at Brian Fritz. I'm on Instagram at Spin Davies. 
and he's on Instagram at it's Brian Fritz. This has been Keeping It 94. Everybody, enjoy your week. Welcome back to the second half of NBA basketball, and we will talk to you next week.